Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hello everyone. Hola and greetings and nice to hear you and have you join us here on the Boston Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And um, check out pod617.com if you want your own podcast. That's what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. And um, I have a great guest on the line. Have you ever imagined being able to speak a, a language that you want to speak but just can't? If you are like me, you speak in petit put of to French or a, or a piquito of Spanish, and that's about as far as you go. But maybe this guy will have me speaking lots of languages by the end of the show. His name is Gabe Weiner. He's the founder and CEO of Fluent Forever. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. Thanks for having me. Hola, and um, I just I, I speak a little bit of French. I just forgot to, how to say hi in French. That would be bonjour. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to need a lot of help here, Gabe. As, I'll, as, I'm going to do what I as, can. As you can tell. Before I forget the, the website, if you want to check out what Gabe is all about, it's fluent-forever.com, fluent-forever.com. But you, on your website, claim to have invented something new that allows people to learn languages in a way that they haven't before. I'm not saying you're not true to your word, but let's find out. How did you come up with this idea and tell us a little bit about what it's all about? So, yeah, I mean, my background was, I think, pretty similar to most people's background. I spent a whole bunch of years trying to learn languages and it didn't work. Mm. I think I spent 12 years ultimately spending like seven years on Hebrew, five years on Russian mm. and got nowhere. Well, he, those, those, you pick the hard ones, though. Those are the ones with the different alphabets. I mean, those you know? aren't tricky, but, like, the alphabet <laughs> part was actually, like, the, the part I liked. That was the part where I was like, okay, cool. I can, I can yeah, get I behind can this. I know, my, yeah. I know my Aleph from my bed. I mean, I got that far, but. I, I mean, mean, that. That's, that's as far <laughs> as I got, really. Right, right. So, yeah, my, I was always a science kid. I, I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be, like, a nuclear physicist was my thing because I was a huge nerd. And I had this side hobby of singing. Mm -hmm. like musical theater and opera. And when college came around, I had this opportunity to double major in mechanical engineering and opera. And I thought, that'd be weird. Let's try that thing. Wow. And there was a negative part of that, which was that the opera side meant I needed to learn French, Italian, German, ideally Spanish, ideally Russian. And mm -hmm. having sucked at languages prior to that, the idea of having to do all that didn't seem particularly fun. So I had a friend basically say, hey, if you go to this immersion program in Vermont, they prevent you from speaking anything that isn't German, but you get two credits of German for one summer. And I was like, sign me up. I, I want to get out of this German requirement as fast as I can. 
That would have scared the bejesus out, out of me. Come up to Vermont. I mean, come up to Vermont, <laughs> but you may only speak the German. Uh, right. That's terrible. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a special kind of terrible, which is that like right. it's kind of great, uh, if in a like academic masochist kind of way. And so, yeah. I was dreaming in German in two weeks. Really? And everyone, everyone was. Mm. I mean, this wasn't. It wasn't special at all. It was just like everyone is dreaming in German in two weeks, and I'm like, holy crap! Like this this is a whole new way of thinking. This is a whole, like I've spent 12 years not learning a language and two weeks I'm dreaming in this thing. Like, what is this? And I fell in love with it. And it's actually what a lot of what got me deciding I wanted to do the opera thing for reals, mm -hmm. not just as a major, but as like a career. Cause there's not a lot of excuses out there to go learn languages as your career. Right. Like there's, there's super, like whatever, a CIA agent, there's a translator, or there's opera singer. Like that's about it. Right. <laughs> and I really liked it. I mean, it's a whole new way of interacting with yourself, mm -hmm. having your brain go in a completely different direction. Like that's, that's an experience that was completely new to me. And I wanted that more and more and more. When you say interacting with yourself, you mean you would, you know, sort of walk around and look at movie posters and translate them into German or stuff like that. Just kind of fun mind games or whatnot. Kind of, sort of. I think it's that if you're having a conversation with someone in German and you're actually able to think in German, you feel different than when you're thinking in English and having a normal day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I learned Italian in Italy. That was sort of the next language I went to. And that language was only... I learned that in the context of eating amazing food and eating gelato every day and having amazing <laughs> weather and amazing people. And so every word in that language is associated with awesome memories. Right. And so even where my Italian was like worse than my German and was more of a struggle than German, everything in that language, like when I'm thinking in that language, things feel better. Yeah. Just because they're associated with really good memories because mm -hmm. this, I happen to have a really good summer there. So this idea of being able to kind of switch modes of yourself and just be like, I'm now in a new place and I'm now thinking in a completely new way, like that became really exciting to me. That was just well, really neat. In the same way, I take it that people who... You know, I have been to Israel and my son got bar mitzvahed in Israel. And so the, the sounds of, of that language of Hebrew are, have a particular memory for me. But I imagine it, it also kind of goes hand in hand with it could be, you know, your spiritual your spirituality, your religion could be kind of at one with that language. Or I know nobody speaks conversational Latin, but to be able to say something in Latin conjures up memories of what history and scholarly pursuits and things like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you can get yourself all the way to the point of thinking in that way, right. where, like every thought is in that in that mode, like it's it just enhances that it gets more intense. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got addicted to that thing. And that's what pulled me into the languages. And, and then ultimately, what also pulled me towards the music stuff was like, this is I get to do this for my job. Like, yes, mm -hmm. I want that. It is kind so, of like having a superpower. I mean, it, it, I'm, yeah. I, I am one of these people that when on the occasions where I've traveled to a place where they speak something different. I do come home thinking I'm. I want to learn that language. I just because to be able to yeah. go up to somebody and speak fluently in their language is it, it, it makes you feel like you can do this this monumental thing that maybe others around you just can't. Absolutely, right. Yeah, that goes into it too. So I had these experiences of doing these immersion programs. I did the German one twice. I got to full on fluency. They, uh, the Europeans have like fluent is a crappy word. It doesn't mean anything, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Even though it's the name of my company. <laughs> uh, it means like I feel comfortable, which someone could feel really comfortable when they can order a coffee and another person will not feel comfortable, even if they're teaching physics at some, like at the Sorbonne. Right. So, you know, where, where's that line? But the Europeans have a nice scale. It actually means something. You could take a test. It says I'm a B1 speaker of this language or I'm a C1, whatever. Like mm -hmm. uh, 
it goes A0, I don't know anything, A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2. C2, I can like teach complicated subjects in college. Hmm. Uh, B2, I'm pretty comfortable in most circumstances, but if like the gas cap of my rental car breaks, I'm going to panic a little bit because hmm. I don't know how to talk about that thing. Uh, and like B1, you can have like the basic conversations of like, hey, how are you? What's your name? Like, let me tell you about myself. But as soon as you go to new context, it gets a little scary. So that's kind of a rough sense right. of that. Right, thing. right. I did two of these immersions for German in Vermont, got to see one fluency in German, moved to Austria for a master's degree in, in voice, went to Italy to do an immersion in Italian, found that while I had an amazing time, it's not as intense as the ones in Vermont because mm -hmm. the Italians really like taking breaks every 50 minutes where they speak English and like drink espresso and it's amazing, but also <laughs> you don't get as much language content. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to go back to Is Vermont true? for French. Is that true? Most Italians like actually will mix in some a portion of English into their every day? It what? was that the, I mean, the group I was with was an international group all trying to learn Italian, uh, but the, the teachers were basically like, I need a break. It's 45 minutes into this class. Let's go. We're going to go hang out and like do espresso for 15 minutes. And then the rest of the students together, because the common language we all had that was strongest was English. Okay. Yep. Just everyone talks in English, mm -hmm. teachers and students alike. So it's a lot of going into immersion and out and in and out and in and out, where if you're really, really constant with it, it has the, that's where you get the whole dreaming and the language thing. So I wanted to go back to Vermont for the French thing. And I figured I didn't need to be in level one for mm -hmm. beginners because Italian's close-ish to French and this would be my third language. Like I should be able in a few months to pick up enough that I could handle level one and a half was their thing for like people who wanted to move a little faster than beginner. Right. But you didn't get to go in level one and a half if you didn't do a placement test. And so they sent over an online placement test. And I didn't know any French, but I just cheated on it as much as I could um, <laughs> with the idea that like you can't cheat that well in a language class. Like you right. can't. I think like I asked for an essay. Like I didn't speak any French. I just stuck a stuck an essay I wrote in English into Google Translate and stuck it in their test. I'm like, this is going to be crap. Mm. But maybe I'll get a few points and maybe it'll be enough to get into this level one and a half. Mm -hmm. And so three months before the program started, I got the results of that test and I cheated too well. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they placed me in level two for intermediates. And this school, this is Middlebury College in Vermont. It's like my favorite place in the world. Mm -hmm. And I was going to get caught cheating on their test. Because they start that they start the program with a 15 minute oral exam, where okay. it's just you chatting in a room with a French speaker, and they figure out whether you speak it. There's no cheating on that thing. Mm -hmm. So I freaked out, and I had three months to learn French, and I didn't want them to catch me. So I just figured the only way to get around that is to just actually learn French. And I found these tools online that basically were flashcards on steroids. Mm -hmm. uh, they could figure out when you're about to forget a piece of information and quiz you right ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I spent an hour a day studying that stuff, and then I'd spend all day on Sunday building these flashcards. And I built those flashcards with the idea that I know translation doesn't work. I know memorizing translations was crap for me. It didn't work for 12 years. It's not going to work for 13th year. I know that immersion works flawlessly for everyone that I've seen do it. Right. What would it, what would it be like if I did an, an immersion for flashcards? Like, what would it be like if I had a if I only put French content on those things, if I'm learning, you know, in chat, I would have a picture of a chat, which is a cat. And I would have a picture of French cats because not American, that's not about American cats. Like let's look on Google images and find, you know, what does chien, what does chat look like? Right. To French. People. So wait, so you're saying you, you're trying to think of what it would be like to replicate the experience of being immersed among only people who spoke that language, but with flashcards. Basically yeah? it's, okay. it's what would happen if, I had this flashcard tool, and if I were to use it normally, I'd just teach myself a bunch of translations. Right. 
But if I were in Middlebury, if I were in an immersion, I would be forbidden from using English. And so if I'm stuck not using English, what would I do? And so I would be stuck using either French words I already knew or yep. images or some combination of those two things or fill in the blank sentences. Like the, the only tools available to me if you cut English out of the equation are the things that I did. Okay, right. And so I did that for an hour a day plus the Sundays and I did that for three months. I showed up to the program to that online, uh, not to that oral exam. And it was the first time I spoke French in my life. Mm -hmm. And the teacher started the conversation. And I realized I understood everything she was saying. And mm -hmm. I knew what to say back. And we just had a chat for 15 minutes. And by the end of it, she's like, I mean, you speak French. What? Why are you level two? Wow. You be level three for advanced people. Bump me up one more level. And then that summer, I spent, like, I don't know, I probably wrote 70 pages of essays, read 10 books. And by the end of it, I'd hit C1 fluency in French. Mm -hmm. So I basically done a full immersion from like German was two immersions to get to C1. French was one, was this thing for three months plus one immersion that got to C1, mm -hmm. which is the, you can teach in college level, teach simple things. In wow. College level. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, shit, like this is five, five months from start to finish. Mailed. And Mailed. It's, it's you, you nuts. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I got <laughs> kind of blown away and I, I Wait, started I got getting, it. I got it. Uh, Kel, no, not Kel Domage. Sacre bleu. That's what you could Sacre have said. Bleu, I'm saying, think of a French exclamation. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I just got really, I don't know, upset at that point. It was like I spent 12 years of my life wasted on these other languages. And then I spent five months and I could get to full on fluency. And no one told me that this existed. So, like, so what you did was, this is, you're developing the fluent forever method. That's as you the did start this. of the method. That's yeah. the start of the method. So, yeah. so I don't mean to jump ahead in the story. No, but, jump ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the experience like? Uh, in terms of going through the method? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the first thing you do and the second thing you do and all that? So, the first thing you do is you learn ear training. I had a head start with French, but I didn't have a head start with the next languages I was doing. And so, if you can't hear sounds in that language, if you're not familiar with the sounds in it, you will forget those words. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's so, I, there's an example I often come to with like the Hungarian word for cameras, Finnyke, as you keep. Mm. And you can remember that word for approximately zero seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's only because it's it has so many sounds that are unfamiliar to you. Mm -hmm. And so if you spent two weeks learning how to hear all of those sounds, and there's research showing exactly how to teach that stuff. Like if you're learning Spanish, for instance, initially the D and the T, doma and toma, they sound really, really similar. Right. But if you spend a couple of weeks where you're getting quizzed on that and you're like, okay, Toma, which one did I say? And you're like, uh, the D one? I'm like, no, 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 that was the T. And we just keep going back and forth on that. Within two weeks, you're going to have every one of those sounds. They're not going to sound foreign anymore. Mm. And so you spend your first two weeks building up this sort of ear training piece. Then you learn a bunch of simple vocab where you're just learning with pictures. You know, chien, and you get a picture of a chien, and it happens to look like a dog, but it actually right. looks kind of cuter and smaller because French people choose different dogs than they do <laughs> Americans right. will. Right. Uh, and you got to choose those images. The idea of me just giving you a bunch of flashcards and being like, study this stuff, I made it for you, like Rosetta Stone style, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You have to say, okay, I want to learn chien, I want to choose that word, and I want to choose that picture to help me remember it. You learn like, I don't know, 50 to 100 words that way, and then you start graduating over towards, okay, I know how to handle the word, let's say I'm learning English just for example, I know dog, I know cat, I know chase, but like, okay, what is the, the dog chases the cat, like if I have an example sentence like that, what does the look like in mm -hmm. this context? And like what the looks like is like blank dog chases blank cat with a picture of a dog chasing cat. Mm -hmm. 
Like that's what abstract words are, is they're just the things that let you tell stories. Right, right, right. And so you start learning the rest of the like the good stuff, all the abstract words, all the, the finesse of the language. You learn that with fill in the blank sentences, with pictures that again that you've chosen. Mm. And so right now this method is there's a DIY version that exists in the, in a book that I wrote that came out in twenty fourteen, became a bestseller and is all the book on this topic. What's the what's but, the name of your book? It's called Fluent Forever. Same it is thing. the same thing. Okay, Fluent Forever. Yeah. Got it. And then in the last three years, I decided, you know what, this this whole DIY method, like it works for people who are computer savvy, but I can't get my mom on this thing. Right. It's just too much computer stuff. Yeah. What if I built an app that made this thing easy? And so that's been the goal of the last three years. We started that with a Kickstarter that turned into the most funded app of all time. We raised 1.7 million bucks at that point. And then... Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy little journey. Mm -hmm. uh, but at this point, we've... We're about to close our seed round at about like five million bucks in, and we're we're rolling. Like we 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 launched the app in April of 2019. At this point, we're at 27,000 users, and like we have an app that can do this method in a way that isn't painful from a computer standpoint. So uh, it just kind of walks you through each of these pieces. And so I take it the app experience is kind of what you're talking about. It it will yeah. give you start you off with simple words. You you select the image that. You just yep. give you choices, so I get to pick it what kind of dog I want. Choices. Okay. Yep. And that and it'll way... also let you search for your own stuff. If you're just like, I don't like these dogs, I want a different dog, you can go find a different dog or even take a picture of your own dog. Okay. So people are liter are, are actually learning, becoming fluent or close to fluent. I, I know the word yep. is mushy, as you've pointed out, but just from using your app. So is the kind of thing you sit down and you concentrate? Is Does it feel kind of fun? Like, in, like I, I, my theory on apps is if they're fun, you'll keep doing it. Like it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, and so tell me about that dynamic. I mean, it's, it's interesting in that like we're, I've just gotten off this whole investor roadshow. And so generally what comes up is like, well, what, what's the difference between you and Duolingo? What's the difference between you and Duolingo? It's always about Duolingo. No, I don't know what that is. That's, a, that's another, that's one of your competitors or what? Duolingo is Duolingo. this giant, so they're a billion and a half dollar company. They have like 350 million users probably at this point. Okay. Um, and they have, they offer free language learning and they have a good product. And one of the things about it is that 92%, like basically they only hold on to 8% of their users every year mm -hmm. because, and that's not a bad number. That's like a normal number. If you had like a really good candy crush, you'd hold on to 10% of your users every year. All right. Like if you had the best candy crush of all time, like. Yeah, attention is hard to hold. For yeah, more people. Than a year. Yeah, people get they burn out. Do you yeah. remember? You know what's the best example of that? Maybe is that HQ. You remember HQ? No. Uh, HQ was uh, a quiz show that you you played by use of an app, like once a day, and there would be a dude on uh, giving trivia questions, and for about ten minutes, it was the hottest thing in the world. And then it's amazing how it just kind of dropped off the planet. And I don't know why. I think people just got they were obsessed with it, and then they just got sucked. I mean, that's yeah. super normal. I mean, right. people's like attention is a hard thing to hold. Uh, and sure. so, the fact that Duolingo is holding on to eight percent of people's attention through a whole year, like that's actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, we're holding on to forty-five percent of them through a year. Wow. And our product isn't as good as theirs in many ways. Like that's, it's not the, the user experience is not as good. It's, it has more bugs. It's not polished, like all these pieces. But when we talk to our users, what they come back with is like, yeah, it's rough around the edges. Yeah. There's these 10 things I want you to fix. And I'm just kind of pissed that you haven't fixed yet, but you had me thinking in French in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I mean, I'm not gonna put it down. Like you're, you're making progress with me. So I want to keep going. Right. 
so that's that's what we're seeing so far and that's i mean it's heartening it's like okay we're really doing it mm -hmm. and how many different languages can people choose from uh we're at nine right now we'll have mandarin out in a few weeks so we'll be at 10. yeah the problem with this planet is there are just too many darn languages it, there's a lot of it's, languages, it's in the yeah. it's in the thousands right I mean, it's it's a lot. I don't yeah, know I don't, I don't know either. But thousands, I think. yeah, anytime yeah. I take a look at that, I'm like, they can't possibly that many people that speak that many different <laughs> things. Like, what happened? We need to yeah. get our act together as a planet. So again, it's fluent forever, fluent dash forever dot com. So yeah, what's your business model? Do people pay a monthly fee to use the app or what? Yeah, it's a it's a ten buck a month subscription, basically mm -hmm. Netflix kind of thing. There's mm -hmm. discounts for long term ones. Okay, and you can. If I were to start with French, which yes. I'm seriously thinking about now, well, I don't know if I should start with French, but I think from what you said before, maybe I should because I did take French as a kid. You know, I can I can probably speak like a two year old when it comes to French. So, <laughs> so, in other words, that th that will be worth something to me. That foundation that I have, it will be. Yeah, yeah. you'll get okay. you'll get a bunch of it back. Yeah, okay. once you've put some some work into a language, you get to keep that thing for long term. Really, the question of like what language should you choose has to do with what what are you going to be most excited about. Like sometimes people decide like oh I should learn Spanish, but I really want to learn French. Right. Like the answer then is like no, don't learn Spanish. Learn learn French. Learn do the, the one you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think around here, well, I mean, we're in Boston here, but wherever you are, there if you happen to be in some kind of you know place where a certain sort of immigrants are there, you might think, oh, that's going to be useful because I can, you know, often bump into people. Sure. Boston, as far as immigrants go, we get all sorts. But I mean, Spanish is probably, you know, number two to English if you had to, if I had to venture a guess. So, Spanish, yeah, I think Spanish would be more useful. I don't know. I've been to like Puerto Rico. I've been to Mexico. I'm trying to think of where I might go. That's the problem. We're not going anywhere now. Which is why Fluent Forever yeah. is as important as ever, because you can learn from your app. Um, how many languages do you speak? I speak eight at this point. Really? Which do you dream in? I mean, I've had a few <laughs> dreams sort of drift into into German. Lately, I've been, I mean, my target language for a while has been Japanese, and I get occasional little bits in there. But I'm, I need to push that one harder and get, get more time in it every day to start moving in that direction. See, I think I've heard, you know, they teach Japanese in high school and... I I just it's can't. So hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take that, that language is so hard. That's that would have been my reaction, but now it's confirmed given that what you know. Just to imagine that different alphabet for starters, it would take me like a week to learn the alphabet or longer. And so, any any plans as to how the company might change in the future? Is it, do you want to keep making it better, keep making the app better, and will that be the primary way, or are there other plans? The thing that we're really aiming to do is like we want to keep the general subscription that we have right now, but there's this neat thing about language learning where the more custom you get, the better. Mm -hmm. If you have someone who's learning, you know, I don't know, dog from the dog chases the cat because that's the word on the screen, that's the sentence on the screen. If you don't like it, you can quit. That's kind of, I don't know, Rosetta Stone style. Uh, mm -hmm. That thing doesn't go all that well because you're being forced to learn a really particular way. If you have another student who has is using our app today and they can choose from a few words, they see, oh, I want to learn the word dog, and they click on that thing. And then we, we give them some sentences, and they're like, oh, these are also like fine sentences, but the dog chased the cat. Like, I have a dog, I have a cat. This is super relevant. I want that sentence. Mm. As soon as you've chosen even the exact same content, because you chose it, it works much better. Yep. But if you had the ability to talk to a native speaker and be like, okay, I want to learn the word dog, and they're like, great, why? Let's, tell me about that. 
And maybe this conversation is initially in English, but maybe three months down the road, it's half in Spanish, six months down the road, it's entirely in Spanish. Hmm. And you get to the end of a five-minute interaction where you you land on, okay, because I, I want a sentence like, my dog's name is Norbert, he's Insta-famous. Hmm. About my own dog. Mm -hmm. And can you put that in my flashcards? And the native speaker gets that in your flashcards and records it in Spanish. Then you don't learn like 10 or 20% faster. You learn 100% faster. Because and you're motivated. You're, you just want you want to be able to say that sentence because you love your dog. Is that really it? It's, it's because it's about you. Okay. It's about your own life. And so it, re, it connects to all the pieces of your own life. It isn't some new piece of data that you're just kind of learning without any connection to anything you have. Mm -hmm. So just by how memory works, the fact that the sentence is about your life will make it twice as easy to learn everything in it, you know, mm -hmm. dog famous Instagram. And so that's the thing I'm really trying to enable. And what we want to do is a make it available across the whole platform that you can go find a tutor somewhere, you can get some sentences, stick them on the platform. But we also want to roll out something that that links you up with a native speaker on a regular basis so that they can wow. do that for you. Yep. Uh, and so that'll be the new product line for the next couple of years will be the, the target of that is it's just let's build that thing. Let's make that thing awesome. So and if, then, I, if I hear you right, we're talking about like a partner, a, almost like a pen pal for the modern generation that yeah. you would get on calls with. And is yeah, that, is that I right? Mean, I, that's that's right. I think we're we're going to be sort of workshopping it out across our users to see is it is it should it be a call or should it just be a person you can text? Oh, I see. Uh, because right. probably person you can text will feel a little less scary for people, at least in the beginning. Uh, I know that the idea of just jumping on a call with a person who's only going to speak Spanish at you is kind of a terrifying thing for a beginner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of having a little text chat with someone feels a little less painful. And your vision is that will be a real person or a robot? Oh, no, no. Real person. Robots oh. can't do this thing. Even at best, the like final, final end of we're getting all the way to the end of AI and everything's great is still going to make a mistake like 2-3% of the time. And mm -hmm. it, people get so pissed when you give them content that isn't perfect yep. for learning. I mean, it's just you spent some time learning a thing. You found out it had a grammar mistake in it. Like that's that's enraging. So it's got to be real people. Not to mention the fact I think people's distaste for bots are already, you know, is already growing. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, it, the, right there with you. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing worse than chatting with some, that moment when they try to fool you that you think you're not chatting with a, a robot and it's like yes. are you real do you have feelings it's like, are you, is yeah. uh, have i answered all of your questions david is there anything else i can do anyway yeah. so um once again fluent-forever.com is where you find uh, gabe and his company and you can buy the book on that site and all that kind of stuff we're going to play a quick round of good stuff in a moment where we gabe and i will both recommend something good that we can suggest that you consume take in or take up perhaps during these trying times before we do that i want to take just one minute to tell you about the boston podcast network what we do here we have studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. They're actually open, socially distance friendly, and scrubbed down frequently. I'm scrubbing it down right now. If you want your own podcast, now's a great time to start one. It's a great way to connect with other professionals in your network, clients, potential clients. They can be guests on your show. They'll be amazed, and we'll do the whole thing for you. Soup to nuts. You can come to our studio. You can do the whole thing remotely. We've been doing remote podcasts for a long time. Quite good at it. The quality is great. We send you out a quality USB microphone, and we take care of everything. You show up and talk. pod 617 is where you go the boston podcast network in pod we trust okay let's play a round of good stuff oh that's the good stuff i would just say good stuff in french le 
le stuff bien, le, les choses bien, I don't know. Les, les choses bien, yeah. Les choses bien, is that okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. What, um, <laughs> and Gabe, meanwhile, has been given about, um, you know, 12 minutes to prepare for this, but do you have something you can recommend? Anything I, at all? I do have a thing I can recommend. Cool. So I've, I've been depending upon balcony cigar time mm. once a week. It's just been my thing. It's just like I, I need to be on a balcony smoking a cigar on Fridays. Like that's that's what's going to keep me sane. Brilliant. Once a week. Yes. Except now it is I'm in Chicago. It is getting cold and colder and colder. We feel uh, you. Yeah, I, we feel your pain here in Boston. Same kind I of know. thing. I'm getting like scared like this. If, if I can't if I can't manage this thing long term, this is going to be bad. And so I've been attempting to fight the cold by seeing, can I get like an infrared heater in my face? Right. Can I get like a heated beanie? Can I get a heated blanket? Can yeah. I get a blanket over the heated blanket? And this past week, I found this thing called a solo stove. Oh. It's called solostove.com. That is a fire pit that mm-hmm. can sit on a balcony without burning the balcony. Oh, I uh, love this. See, I, And this without is, any yeah. smoke, like no smoke either. Okay. I love it. What a great idea because I'm I'm with you. I'm an apartment dweller and I do have a, a balcony and it is getting cold. <laughs> that. So it's, yeah, so it's, I'm looking at this. And now wait, is it, you actually put logs in it and you actually light you the fire? You put logs yeah. in it. You light that fire okay. and there's there's apparently like almost no smoke. Once it gets going, there's almost no smoke. It, uh, it has this weird like air recirculation system that like burns all the top layer of the, the stuff. So it's mm. just like just ash at the end. And they're apparently amazing. I have a friend who has one, and uh, yeah, I just that that's that's my my next thing of like this will keep me sane. If I just have a fire on a balcony, that's the thing that's gonna keep me sane. So that's that's the good stuff I got right now. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah, solo stove. Yeah, look, I'm looking at it. Solostove.com. It looks like you can get one for. I mean, they're not they're cheap. expensive. No, yeah, they're not cheap. but you can get one for as much as uh, I think like. 300 bucks or so in that um, ballpark. Yeah, it's so like it's... 200, 300 bucks for the smaller ones. And the smaller ones are like, they're like 15 inches in diameter. Like mm-hmm. they, they're pretty like manageable for a tiny apartment balcony. Yeah, I like it. Okay, Solo Stove. Not a sponsor of this show. Nor nor of Gabriel's uh, website, but none, nevertheless, well, this is free free advertising. <laughs> yeah. What's what's your good thing? So my good thing, I'm glad you asked, is a TV show. No, it's a movie. I just saw a movie. It's on, I believe, Amazon.com. If you're Amazon Prime, it's free, and it just looked interesting. It's called uh, Get Duked. It's about a bunch of kids in Scotland. Oh, geez, I should know. Anyway, we'll take a look at the trailer, and you listeners will listen to a little bit of the trailer. And then I'll explain why uh, I enjoyed the film. And here we go with the trailer for Get Duked. Ah, the Highlands. One of the purest places on Earth. Hardly a foot has touched... Wait, who the hell... Okay, roll call. Duncan McDonald. Dean Gibson. DJ Beetroot. Can I have your real name? Just that third one down there, William de Beauvoir. William de Beauvoir. Oh. What did you tell him? him to go himself. Oh, nice. Who are you? Ian. I'll meet you at the campsite at 6 p.m. Be careful, you don't want to get lost in the highlands. There's danger everywhere. Hello, boys! It's how the Duke of Edinburgh. You nearly killed us! We got your weapons. We're doomed. We'll make a bomb. Where's the explosion? 
You have a whole point of a bomb? That was a solo stove there in the in the trailer, Gabe. Yes. What? So, yeah. so the the Good point overlap. is, yeah, you can tell it's it's one of these kid adventure in the spirit of E.T. and the Goonies, I would say. And it's it's very funny. There's an evil lurking beneath the surface of the story. The kids are out in the highlands of, and I'm 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 so ashamed of myself. I don't know if this is London or Scotland. It's it's definitely one of those. But so they're roaming the countryside trying to compete in this apparent like sort of a camping trip competition, and some dude starts shooting at them, and they panic, and uh, hilarity ensues. So it's it's funny. It's I, I didn't I had never heard of this until it came across my Amazon Prime feed. So get duked. Uh, thumbs up. From Dave. Yes. And uh, if those kids had one of those solo stoves out there, they would have been able to keep warm as people were shooting at them. So, Gabe, I hope you enjoyed your time we had spent together on the Boston podcast. Anything else we need to know or just people should try the app, right? I mean, people should try the app if they're interested in language learning generally. The book is a good book and interesting. Uh, But if you're just trying to get some work done, then yeah, grab the app thing. Okay. Either one. Go to fluent-forever.com. My thanks to Gabe. Stay warm out there in Chicago. We feel your pain. It's getting cold here, too. And thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you like us. And if you want your own podcast and you want to hire us to produce the whole thing for you, go to pod617.com. On behalf something's wrong with my language. I need fluent forever. On behalf of Gabe, we say uh, adios and au revoir and... I'm just a guy from Boston. My name is Dave. If you're not, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Boston,